Welcome to the Art of a Messy House podcast, where my house is messier than ever, but I am at my happiest. And the only answer for it is Jesus, where my hope is anchored. Come join me, Jen Kasuda, your host, for faith encouragement, testimonies, and devotionals as I share everyday faith in my real, authentic, not perfect way. There will be stories of humility, kindness, truth, and love as we walk in faith through the everyday relatable moments. As a wife, mom, teacher, and author, I'm learning to embrace this messy but beautiful life while encouraging others to do the same. No matter what stage of faith you are at, you will learn of God's love here and be empowered to walk in your own beautifully distinct purpose right here, right now. So let's step over the clutter together and laugh through the stress, for true beauty is in the art of a messy house. So dear God, please bless this beautifully imperfect mess. Love, Jen. Hi, everyone. Today, I am so excited to have someone that I am so blessed to be able to call friend. Her name is Katie Ruga, and she is a Christian wife and mama. She has been married to her husband, Jamie, for almost nine years. They have three children, Ezra, who's six, Zoe and Sophia, who are five. She is currently a homeschool mama and also working on her podcast, Renewing Your Motherhood. Her family lives in Iowa and they enjoy being outdoors together. Welcome, Katie. Thank you so much for coming on. I am so excited to be here. Thanks, Jen. You know, in this whole journey of launching the podcast and being on social media, like I've said time and time again, there's been so many amazing people that have been just God has aligned my path with. And I just am so blessed. And you are one of them. And I'm so grateful that we were able to walk along this journey of launching podcasts around the same time as each other. It has been such a blessing to me too. I'm very thankful that our paths were crossed for sure. So, you know, we've had so many conversations and part of the reason and the heart behind the art of a messy house is really how I was walking this life of like perfection and just trying to seek perfection, right? And trying to do all the things in my own strength when the Lord really did this work in my heart and made me realize that, I was striving for something that I could not achieve and that instead the beauty was really in the mess right before me. I'm not saying to have like messy like house and all those things, but it was really in slowing down to see the moments that were in front of me and just working through all the things that were holding me back from allowing him to turn my messes and turn my mistakes and turn my past into this beautiful, these moments right before me. And so just embracing the life as I trust him. And so that's going to bring me to my first question for you, Katie. I'm going to jump into it. Let's go. Yeah, I'm excited. Because life gets messy, right? It does. But it's really about our mindset and seeing the beauty. And so what's an example of a time that you have had where life is just messy, but God really used it to create such beauty? Okay, so I am going to share something. I took some time to think about this, and I wanted to share a season of life that I've actually not shared before on my podcast or on my social media. And so I'm going to take us back a little over five years ago. So at the end of 2017, we moved in with my parents. We had found out that we were pregnant with the twins. And at the time, we were living in an apartment. But once we found out we were expecting twins, we're like, oh, we need to buy a house. And so my parents graciously let us move in with them from the end of December until we closed on our house in April. And 
If there was any word to describe this time frame, it would definitely be messy. Up before this point in my life, I had never really had to wait on the Lord as much as I did during this time frame. We were so desperate to find a house, and every time we would go look at a home, if we didn't have an offer on it within 24 hours, it was gone. Wow. So it was a very hot market, and that added to the stress for sure. Not to mention the many times that we would go look at a house and my husband and I didn't agree on it. So maybe he thought it was the house for us, but in my gut, I knew I was like, no, this is not the one that the Lord has for us. And so that discord was also very difficult. And I I have never had to depend on my faith so much up until then. I had to cling to the Lord, trusting and knowing that God had something good for us and that he would lead us to the right home at the right time. So towards the end of the three months, we had been looking for a house for three months. And towards the end, there was a night, I'll never forget it. My husband and I were sitting in our realtor's office, who is also a Christian man, which was really cool. And we were in tears. He literally was in tears with us. And I remember saying, maybe this is not what the Lord wants for us. And it was like I had clung to my faith and stayed strong in my faith for so long and through so many difficult conversations. And at the very end, I almost gave up. I almost let doubt win. And we got to a point that night, we were like, okay, you know, we just felt defeated. Like, what does the Lord have for us? Are we ever going to find a home? Does he want us to go back to apartment living? Well, the following Monday morning, a house came on the market and my realtor right away was like, let's go look at it. So I didn't really think much of it. I was like, okay, yeah, we'll go check it out. You know, my husband had to work. And so we got here Monday morning and we stepped inside this house and immediately I knew that this was our home. And so I called my husband and I was like, hey, I said, this is the house. I was like, it's got four bedrooms, X, Y, Z. Like, I know that this is the home. I feel an overwhelming peace. This is our home. And so we bought the house. And what's crazy, Jen, is five days after I gave birth to the twins, we closed on this home. And so Really, the gist of the story is it was messy. It was a challenge like I had never had before in my faith. And the Lord really had to show me, had to bring me to a place where I recognized He has the best plan for us in His perfect timing. I cannot make it come any sooner, and I cannot cause it to go any later. Like I had to get to this place where I came to trust God's perfect timing, and he worked it out so well that we were able to bring Sophia home from the NICU to my parents' house. While Jamie was moving all of our stuff into our new home, we were at my parents' house with Sophia. So my mom and dad helped with Sophia while I went back and forth with Zoe still being in the NICU. And then God's timing was perfect. By the time that Zoe was ready to come home from the NICU, Our house was moved in ready. Jamie had gotten it all ready for us to move in. And so we were able to bring our twins home 
together to this house. And that would have never happened if it wasn't in God's perfect timing and his perfect plan. And so he truly created beauty from what seemed to be the biggest mess of our life. He created beauty out of it and showed us and taught us that we can trust him and his perfect will and his perfect timing. Amen. Wow. That is such a testimony of like him knowing all the details, like all the details he uses. He knows what is perfect. Like you said, the trusting in the plan. And when you were saying there was a moment where you almost let doubt win. Mm -hmm. And I I just personally relate to this in so many ways as far as like buying even our new home. It's just making me recall the time when I was pregnant with my daughter and we were looking for a home and we could not find one that just that gut feeling of at the time I was like, something's off in this house. Right. And I, Mm -hmm. I wasn't even reading God's word yet. And it wasn't really understanding letting the Holy spirit lead. And in the timing, I remember we almost stopped looking too. And I remember we just fell upon a house that just we we both knew. We were both like-minded. I remember my father-in-law telling me all the time, make sure you're like-minded in all the things you are doing in this marriage, like buying the house. So that is such a blessing that you did that. You didn't surrender to the doubt. You surrendered it to God, right? And trusting mm-hmm. his timing and that how he just is so faithful in that overwhelming peace when you knew it was the right one. I I totally relate to that and how it can get so messy. Yeah. And clinging to the Lord. And so in that moment when you face the doubt, like when you were like, maybe this is not the right time. Like I said, I literally faced that when I was pregnant with my daughter and we were about to buy the house um, that we're in now. And we put it aside and we said, you know what? This is not the right time. And then we still prayed, right? Like still praying and going forth with it. As far as like, God, if you want us to move now into a bigger house, like we trust that you're going to unfold that. And then one house popped up. It happened to be the house that we were like, okay, let's just, this will be the last time because we just prayed. This came up. We came here and sure enough, this is the house, right? But it wasn't perfect. It was messy too. Like there were so many offers on it. And we were like, honestly, God, it's in your hands. If this is going to be our home, we know you are going to work out the details. And sure enough, He did, but it's in the surrender. So what do you Mm -hmm. suggest? Like, what do you recommend to people in that moment where you're facing like, I want to give up? How do you surrender it to God? What are some practical ways? What does that look like? Because I think sometimes we can complicate it when it doesn't need to be complicated. To do that instead of saying, giving up and just spiraling in Mm -hmm. the mess. Does that make sense? Or making it even more messy. Yeah, I think it just goes back to the basics of remember God's promises. Remember that he has promised us certain things and we can trust him in that. Like he will take care of our every need. And so it may not be a want, you know what I mean? Like, Mm. I think the hardest thing going through this process was like, my husband would see a house that he really wanted, but it wasn't always the best layout or the best setup for our family. And so we just had to keep coming back to like, We have to trust that God's going to provide what we need for our family. I remember that night so vividly. I'll never forget it because when I went home that night, I just kept going back. I just kept saying, Lord, you know, Lord, you have a plan. Lord, you know the desires of our heart. Lord, I trust that you are going to provide what we need. And I just had to keep like going back and rooting myself in God's word and God's promises And I think something else that is, like I said, when I shared this, that really brought me like peace 
is that whatever God has for you, no one's going to take. Mm -hmm. No one else is going to get that. If God has planned this home for us, no one was going to outbid us or get to it first. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he had set this home aside for us. And so just reminding yourself that what God has for you, no one will take. No one will get there first. You just have to go back to rooting yourself in God's word and God's promises and remembering who he is and that we can count on him. And there's so many examples also like throughout the word of God of like his perfect timing. You know, if things happened any sooner, I think about Abraham and Sarah because Mm -hmm. we're going through Genesis right now in our home. And if Sarah would have gotten pregnant any sooner, what would that have been like? Would there have been some differences in their faith? Would it have been as strong? What could have it looked like if that would have happened sooner? And so you just have to trust God's timing is perfect and know that when it's meant to happen, it will happen. And then remembering like God's faithfulness in the past too, like God always works things out for our good. And so when you have those seasons of doubt or those thoughts of doubt, look back on what in the previous times that you've had difficult trials where you've maybe had doubt come in. How did God get you through that? What was it that he showed you through that? And just focus on he's done it before, he'll do it again. Amen. So I hope that answers that. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's interesting. I was actually just reflecting on Abraham too. I just love all of what you just said right there and and how the problem and the promise are often conflicting, right? where it takes us to live by faith, not by sight, and just obedience before even seeing. And the promise is always greater than the problem. Mm. So like the problem of like not being able to find the right house or being like-minded and finding the right Mm -hmm. one or all the, the obstacles that come along the way. Like for us, it was, there were all these bids and, you know, they were definitely outbidding us. So it was like, okay, God, this is in your hands. Sure. This is a problem in our own sight and you know, but our sight can fail us and it can make us doubt, but God's promises are true. So we have to hold on, like you said, to his promises, his character, he is faithful. And when we do that, we can, like you said, we're not going to miss out what God has for us, right? Mm -hmm. When we are focused on him in his word, remembering what he has done, how he is faithful and still moving forward, praying together on taking the steps and realizing not all good things are for us, right? Like yes. there's a lot of really nice houses. That doesn't mean they're for us. Just like all the opportunities, just because there are these opportunities all around us that aren't necessarily bad, there's a lot of good and positive mm-hmm. ones. They may not be waiting for us. And so in the waiting, that trusting him and remembering, like you said, remembering that he is faithful, that he is working all the details, like you said, Like the fact that both of your beautiful girls got to come home to the new house together. Just that detail that like, Mm -hmm. we can't draft that. He's the author. We have to put down the pen because we can't draft that. Amen. I was writing notes when you were talking over here and rooted in his words, such a truth. Like we have to be rooted in his word. Amen. Do you find that like with the desires of the heart, when we pray and surrender them to him, he works in them. Sometimes he changes them to match his Oh, amen, for sure. 
sometimes you can enter a season thinking that it's going to go one way, right? Mm-hmm. You think, okay, this is what he's asking me to do, or this is what I'm assuming he's asking me to do. And yes, like for sure, as you start to pray and walk through it, you might get to the point where you realize, oh, this is looking different than what I thought, which that's happened to me where you do get aligned and that's how it should happen. Honestly, when we're in tune with the Lord and in tune with the Holy Spirit and we're seeking his will and seeking what he wants us to do, I think more often than not, we will find that we are being molded to what he wants us to do not what maybe we thought we were going to do. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. The more and more I walk and learn his word and store it and walk in it, it's just amazing how he unfolds that and does that work in our hearts. Amen. And then I feel like when he brings it to fruition, like when you see these things come to fruition of what God is asking you to do, there is so much beauty in it and there's so much more peace and contentment and knowing that you're walking and how the Lord wants you to walk and what he wants you to do. And so it's easier to drop off, you know, what we thought was going to happen or what we thought it was going to look like because we have more peace and contentment knowing, oh, we are doing this and this is what God has asked us to do. And he will stay with us and he will equip us as we do this. So yeah, I definitely think that's a part of maturing in our faith as well. I agree. He's so good to just walk us through those times too. So this is a loaded question here. I know that there's so many parts of everyone's testimony. I want to say like, what has God done in your life? You know, I know through everything you share on Instagram and through your podcast and everything you've shared so far in our conversations, God has really transformed your life. And I know this from like of our conversations, but in my understanding is that you grew up in a Christian home. Mm-hmm. Your mom yeah. really was in the word. Yes. So do you want to share how you first came to know Jesus and how he transformed your life? Yes. I grew up in a Christian home and I got saved when I was young, when I was five. And uh, my grandpa baptized me when I was seven in his bathtub. I'll never forget it. Um, it was so sweet. And as I grew, I definitely knew my faith was a big part of me, but there were seasons where I was not living it out as much as I could have been through middle school um, and early high school. But thankfully, um, the Lord just continued to call me back to Him. And I really, truly feel like my life, looking back, has been a roller coaster up until maybe the last couple of years. And I say that because and we're still going to have seasons. Even when we're 80, we're still going to have seasons of life where we may not be as intentional or as on fire for the Lord. But I do desire more consistency, I'll say that. In the last couple of years, what has really happened in my heart, my husband's heart, our family, we really truly have been transformed. Like you said, we got to a point where we hit our low. I was at my lowest spiritual point than I have ever been in my life about three years ago. And later on, we were going to talk about my favorite verses, but I think right now would be a great time to say one of them because this verse really speaks to where I was and where I am now. I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. Psalms 41 through 2. And that is really 
my testimony. I was in the pit. I was in the lowest of the low. Yes, I knew I was a believer. I mean, I wrestled with it for a little bit, but I got to the point where, yes, I know I'm saved. I know I am. And so now I need to receive his grace and forgiveness and allow him to pick me up and establish my goings. And so the last few years for me, it's been growth. It's been learning how to depend on the Lord and to do what he's called me to do through his strength and not mine. And knowing that I'm going to fail, but that's where God's grace comes in. And that's where I receive his grace and I keep going. I don't let it stop me. And so for me, it's just been a whole transformation of a new perspective on motherhood, a new perspective on my spiritual walk and um, eternal perspective. And so it's been really cool. And and my husband, a little over a year ago, he actually got saved, which I know you know. And so that's been a whole shift in our family as well. Just my husband taking the lead, my husband being the spiritual leader and guider and me being his help me and respecting and submitting to him and allowing him to lead our family in Christ. And so it really has just been this beautiful transformation over the last year, I would say specifically. I love that. Praise God. That's so just such a blessing for your family and just to see God working and and the growth and how you said God continued to call you back. I think that that's such an encouragement. I mean, I know I've experienced that throughout my life of just not stepping away, but, you know, just not walking in what I should be walking in Mm -hmm. and the Lord just being there, calling me back and the roller coasters before really surrendering it Mm -hmm. and learning that that wasn't a bad thing. That was actually a beautiful thing to be able to do that and to be able to walk in what the Lord has. And so I just love that. And I love how you just said, we will fail, but that's where his grace comes in. That's such a beautiful, Mm -hmm. beautiful truth. Yeah. I think that's been honestly, like it's shifted everything, Jen. When you understand God's grace and you receive his grace, it just shifts everything. It shifts who you are. It shifts how you think. It shifts how you parent. I'm reading a parenting book by Paul David Tripp. It's a parenting book. And right now the chapter is on God's grace and how when Mm -hmm. we understand God's grace as moms, then we can extend God's grace to our children And our children will grow up understanding God's grace. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to understand and to practice. And I think that's been a big shift in our family as well. That's beautiful. And the way that you are intentionally investing in your children, in the next generation, right? And that they are seeing that vibrant faith. Because we're called to make disciples, right? That's what Mm -hmm. the Bible says. And we can do that in our own homes. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful gift, really. I I love that. I think it was yesterday or this weekend, we were going to have people over and I I was starting to feel like the emotions of like being overwhelmed and like having to do all the things and the reminder of, I don't need to do this, right? Like it's not my strength. And because in those moments we can get overwhelmed, we can feel all the feelings, right? And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's when we let them linger or when they fester and just Mm -hmm. that anger or the frustration, whatever is going to flow in us, whatever we're feeding is going to be what we are giving. And what you just said, like allowing and understanding God's grace and allowing that to flow through you so that your children and family are just covered in that kind of love. That's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. And it's it truly does make a difference. I think that was my biggest wrestle 
um, when I was wrestling with the Lord a few years ago was I was refusing to accept his grace. Mm. You know what that causes in your heart? It causes you to feel like you're a failure, like you are never going to be good enough. That how can you parent well? How can you be a good mom or a good wife when you feel that yucky about yourself? And yes, we do need to understand our depravity. We do need to understand that we are in need of a savior. We are in need of grace and forgiveness, but we have to practice receiving that so then we're not sitting in shame and then passing on that shame to our children. And that's been a huge shift. Again, I keep saying that, but it really has been a huge shift in our parenting, not shaming, like remember their sin that has already been forgiven. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, yes. Even the shift in what you just said, acknowledging that we need a savior. Mm -hmm. We are not the savior. Right. So we can't have that, like that shame and that burden doesn't need to be on us. We need a savior. And so that's how like the anger can shift into encouragement and all the things, right? And have joy in all the things. When I was like preparing for this party and I was feeling all the things and I was like, I just like stopped. I was like, okay, you know, just memorizing a scripture that's just on your heart. And in that moment, I just thought of one of my favorites is the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I was like, okay, joy in all things, joy in all things. That comes from you, God. Everything comes from you. So, you know, and just shifting things to lean into him and his grace and his love and his strength and all the things. Yeah. So, amen. You know, as a mom of three, and they're very close in age. When I was reading that before, I was like, wow, how many months apart are your twins from the oldest? I always say a year and a half. I round it. (laughs) So, if they're close to a year and a half apart. Okay. You know, as a mom of three, what is advice you would give to other moms, other women? What What is something you would share? Yeah. You know, I'm just going to bring it back to the basics because I don't want moms to go through what I went through. And so my number one strongest piece of advice is to be in the word of God every single day. When you start sacrificing your time with the Lord Everything else is going to crumble. That anger inside of you, that bitterness inside of you, that negative perspective inside of you, it is going to grow if you are not every day for a chunk amount of time, spending time with the Lord, going to Him, allowing Him to check your heart and then fill your cup. And you will find that the more you do that, the more your all-around life, your spiritual walk is going to grow, your family's going to change, everything's going to shift when you are willing to spend time with the Lord every day. So that would be my last piece of advice is to all the mamas, all the women listening, really, even if you've raised children, maybe you're in between seasons of raising your children and waiting for grandchildren, or maybe you're a grandma that has grandchildren. It is still super important to be rooted and grounded in the word every single day. So you are ready to face the day, to take opportunities that the Lord brings you to talk to your children or your grandchildren about the Lord. And I think that's the best piece of advice that I can offer. I love that. My life really transformed when I started to pick up the Bible and read it for myself every day. 
And, you know, in the beginning, I didn't even know where to start. And I often talk about that because I think I was overwhelmed, right? And thinking like I had to wait to know everything or, you know, we'll never know everything. And that's part of the lies of the enemy was trying to use to keep me away from reading the Bible. I truly believe, you know, there are devotionals out there. I had a devotional that was given to me by a friend who is a pastor and also my in-laws bought me a Bible and I was prompted by my friend who's a pastor to start in the Gospel of John, but there is no right or wrong. There are devotionals. There's the version app for the phone that mm-hmm. people, you can download. There's a lot of devotionals for whatever you're walking through that make it understandable, relatable, and invite God in, ask him to help you. You know, just pausing and saying, God, I want to know more of your word. I want to be in your word. Help me. Like align my life with people who will help me too, right? And he will do that. He answers prayers all the time. We Sometimes we just have to slow down just to see what's right before us. Yes. Amen. The other day we had just been traveling. We came back and then we had people over and I was feeling all the things. I realized I had worship music on because that's something that I do, but I had it on, but it wasn't loud. And I was like, okay, I'm going to turn it up, right? Like pause, put it on. But I was also reminded that and maybe you can relate to this, like in those things, like I knew it gets kind of not chaotic, but like my husband's running all around doing things. I'm doing things in the house. We do best on those days when we prepare, meaning like we both read God's word aside, like have our time in the word alone. But like my father-in-law used to always tell me, start the morning off together. And something that we don't do necessarily as much as we would like to do in that moment and feeling the overwhelm. I was just reminded of that and how we can do that. We can pause together and pray Mm like-minded, like you did with the house and like finding the perfect house for you, what God had for you. And so in that moment, that's what we did. Called my husband. I was like, listen, we didn't pray. We didn't invite God into this. He's the most important guest, right? I love that. And so let's just pray. He was like, uh, like at first, like, okay, I'm running. I'm doing, he thought I was going to add to the list of things he had to get from the store, but it was like, no, you know what? We didn't do this. Let's start over right here because otherwise we could just be reaching and just trying to do things. And then that's where the enemy can really kind of cause more of a division. And so Mm -hmm. I was just prompted to think of that when you were sharing about just being in God's word and time. And I think going forward, that's something I'm going to remember before something that normally will cause a little added busyness, I'll call it, Mm -hmm. spending time with God in prayer together. Yes. Yeah, Jen, I got to tell you really quick. Yeah. Your whole mantra is pause, right? Like that's your... I guess it is. I didn't know I had one. And then now I'm like, (laughs) oh man, the pause again. Your theme is pause. And you know what? It's crazy how awesome it works. I just have to tell you, our family has started to say that. Like, I have started to ask the kids. I'm like, did you pause and think? (laughs) Did you pause and pray? Did you pause and ask the Lord, is this going to honor him? Like, I am finding myself like constantly now saying like, we need to pause. And so I just want to tell you, encourage you of thank you, friend. Keep going, friend, because... You are sharing practical wisdom for us women who can do this. We can pause and we can pause and praise. We can pause and pray. We can pause and wonder. Like there is beauty in that pause. And I never would have thought about that without you. And so thank you for sharing that. Like you said, before you enter a hectic time or If you're going through a difficult season or a trial right now, just spend time 
pausing and praising, pausing and praying, pausing and wondering, bringing these questions to the Lord, like pause and spend time with him in that solitude so you know where to go or what step to take or how to pray or what to do. And I just got to tell you, it works, Jen. Well, I thank you for just sharing that because the other day I was like, do I say pause too much? Because I do that all the time and I'm like, thank you. So this is an encouragement. Like I said, when we pray for God to surround us with like-minded people and he does that, you are such a blessing. It has been such a blessing to just walk alongside and start podcasts together and you know, be able to talk about all the emotions that can try to come at us when we're doing what the Lord has called us to do. And so I'm thankful for you. And I would love for people to know where to find you and to find your podcast. And so how can listeners follow you, connect with you? Yes, I have um, an Instagram, Katie Ruga, Renewing Your Motherhood. I have a Facebook and my podcast is on Spotify, Apple, and several other little platforms as well. And it's all under Renewing Your Motherhood. So if you just type in that to one of those three things, you will find me and I would love, love, love to connect. Thank you. Do yourself a favor and connect with Katie. She is such a blessing. She shares such biblical truth and it's just wonderful blessing for so many. So Katie, would you like to close us out in prayer? Yeah. Lord, we thank you for this time with Jen. We just pray for the listeners, Lord, that you would just fill their cup, that you would remind them of who you are and your promises and that we can trust you. We can trust your timing. We can trust your word. You are faithful and we all have experiences of you being faithful in the past. So Lord, help us to remember your faithfulness right now and for the future as well, Lord. I pray for the ladies listening, Lord, that they would also be in practice of receiving your grace. So as they receive your grace, Lord, if they are a mother, that they can pass on this amazing grace of yours to their children, Lord. I pray that we would all also continue to practice the pause. Lord, I thank you for Jen, that you brought this thought to her, Lord, that you brought this practical tip to her and that she's sharing it with us all and that it works, Lord. Help us to remember to pause, to pause, to praise you to pause to pray and talk with you, to pause and just wonder of who you are, Lord, and what you've done. I just thank you for all that you've done, Lord. I pray for these ladies listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Art of a Messy House podcast, and thank you even more for being here. Be sure to visit theartofamessyhouse.com to join the conversation, subscribe there for weekly devotionals, and discover some fantastic bonus resources as well. And while that's all for this episode, I hope that you'll follow along and always remember, most importantly, that you are loved, you are seen, and you are known. So until next time, God bless.